Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic, and we are on Podcast 100, Sean. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pint A Hold Podcast. In this show, we try to drink as much strong alcohol as humanly possible within a 90 minute time frame, making increasingly less sense as we go along. Or we could just talk about old arcade games. Making less sense as you go on? Yes. No problem, Sean. <laughs> this is a very special podcast, the very last Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, Podcast 100. What do you mean, very last? <laughs> Don't tell the listeners. Something you're not telling me. Anyway, congratulations to us for reaching podcast number 100. Vic- <laughs> Victor started this podcast with Alex Crowley back in... January 2014. Ten months later, Alex was off to pursue his Nintendo Arcade project, which has gone from strength to strength on YouTube and Facebook. The highlight for me being the Skyskipper project this year, which was awesome. I teamed up with Vic in October of 2014, three and a bit years ago. I teamed up with Vic in October of 2014, three years ago, as it was thought that the show needed a lot more beards and biscuits. Mm-hmm. Mm. So thank you, Vic and Alex, for starting this excellent podcast, and special thanks to Vic for inviting me on all them years ago and not being able to get rid of me since. <laughs> Sean. Yes. You're fired. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. What, what have you been up to? I've, I can see. But tell the listeners, been, what have you been up to? I've been busy being famous, Vic. So have I, but I'm not in the picture, unfortunately. They put your fizzog in there instead of me. Tell the listeners what we're looking at, and we'll put it on the website. Walter Day sent me a picture of my timeline with him and Billy Mitchell holding up a framed picture of our arcade cards. But there's me in a little framed picture and Billy Mitchell's doing his customary thumbs up. And not one for me, unfortunately. I'm not important enough for that, obviously. I think they've just picked one, haven't they, out of the English people they've got this year. They've just picked one. And they thought, this one looks a bit daft. We'll put him on there. With his beard and his smiley face. With his beard and his smiley face. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr., my machine, has left the building forever. Gone. Gone. Been sold, did, 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 did. Who to? A, a, a mysterious man called John. Oh. And he's enjoying it. He's loving it. He was delighted to get it, and I'm delighted to sell it to him. I hope he has lots of hours of fun on it. Nice. So I've got a gap in the game room now to put things in. It's got rubbish in it already. Typical. Right, I thought you'd had no room anyway. You're going to put your other ISIS in there. Uh, I'll just move things around a little bit. I've got to put some wall mounts in there. They're in the way, in the, in the way of one of the ponies at the moment. So right. I will shift. I've been very busy in there me- messing with stuff and fixing stuff and tinkering. So nice. other stuff I've been doing lately. I was listening to the Atari Seventy Eight Hundred Homebrew Podcast with Sean Courtney. Yes, of Pie Factory Podcast fame. Yeah. Uh, he reviews quite a lot of arcade ports on there actually. 
for the 700, which are really good. Uh, and they recently did Mooncrester and Astro Blaster. But Sean yeah. was saying on both of those podcasts, he never saw either games in the arcade back in the day. They were everywhere when I was a kid, and you? Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. I, I mean, they, they were really common ones, weren't they? Yeah, especially Mooncrester. Yeah, yeah, that was everywhere. That, that music was synonymous with arcades. But Great. I really regret picking up an Astro Blaster Cabaret a few years ago. I was offered an Astro Blaster for quite a good price, and I didn't buy it because I had a few little faults with it. And it's a really hmm. nice little machine. It's a good game as well. So I wish I bought that. Yeah, it's ahead of its time, that game, with the, the crystal clear speech and some good good gameplay. Yeah, and all the secrets, which were actually mistakes in the game, and they made them into secrets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last week, uh, I saw Creeper, the band Creeper, at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Easily the best show I've seen all year. They're going to be massive, that band. Is it? It's not banging techno, then, is it, Creeper? No, definitely not. Sort of dark rock. Awesome. Ooh, dark rock. I like a bit of dark rock. Really enjoyed it. Guess what I've been doing as well? Well, I do know, actually. <laughs> We've you've, been been, you've been being wrong about Kangaroo and <laughs> also been this new game. Arguing over Kangaroo, haven't we? And then, then we got onto Road Fighter, which I was saying is awesome. And you, no, it um, really isn't. It really isn't. It was great. Massive. Big, who were we speaking to? Tagster, I think. He's wrong as well. Everybody can't be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> of course they can. Wait till we get onto this week's game, kids. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, my word. Um, I've been having a bit of a nightmare. This is a negative. A bit of a nightmare mm. with things in my arcade room. There's loads of little jobs to do on many of my machines, just little things to get them up and running. Uh, it's been getting me down a little bit lately, and I've been losing a lot of enthusiasm with it. So I go in there, intending on doing like five things, perhaps, and then you go and do one, and it goes all wrong, and I just give up and go back in and do something different. So I've not been getting a lot of, lot done on there, actually. Uh, hopefully some time off of the crim- crimbly, crimbly, crimbly Christmas period. I'll get yes. in there and do a few things and hopefully might bring it back a little bit. It's a lack of room, mainly, to pull things out and work on them is the main issue in my garage. It's only a small garage and it's a bit overstocked, really. But that machine mm. going, hopefully give me a little bit of room to move things around. And, and so I might have to have a move around soon, I think, try and get things yeah. in a better position. Uh, I actually wrenched a control panel off of an ISIS cab I was doing, and I threw it on the floor last weekend. And then I needed <laughs> to, yeah, I needed to remake the control panel because I killed it. Oh my! Word. I was that angry. But you know, sometimes with me, I, it takes ages for me to get really properly annoyed, and little things chip away at me. And I was trying, sort of holding something awkwardly, and I was trying to screw a screw into a hinge, like a piano hinge, and it mm. wasn't it could go in a certain way. I drilled it out. I drilled the, the pilot hole, but perhaps not big enough. I was sort of holding on to something with one hand. I needed like three hands to do something. So I was sort of trying to screw away, and it was knackering the screw up. And I got so annoyed that I just wrenched it off and chucked it on the floor. Really got annoyed. Like, seriously, you wouldn't have been want- <laughs> wanted to be near me when I was in that position. So angry. But that'll teach the screws for uh, not going in properly, and the head's rounding off. Similar thing happened to me when I was a teenager with the Commodore 64 data set that loaded the games. Oh, the cassettes, yeah. Oh, it, it were usually quite reliable, but there was one game, and I must have tried loading it about four times. It was like a ten-minute load, yeah. and it didn't load, and I yanked it out the back of the Commodore, the cassette, and smashed it on the floor by its cable. That Do you know what? 40 that, quid. <laughs> that data set deserved that. It did. That'll learn it. Yeah. More negative news. Oh, no, no, no. I spent a lot of time wasted with my uh, Pi to JPAC, you know, the little uh, Jammer Pi... 
I'm trying to sort out a Pi to Jammer connections. Yes. It was last weekend, I think. The main problem is the Pi versions of MAME being really old and nowhere near as easy to tinker with compared to the modern Windows versions. Mm. I'm, I'm properly versed in MAME, I think, but the many different versions of Pi MAME are a pain in the rear. They really are. They're all different how they work and very old yeah. versions. I think it's because the Pi is a little bit underpowered. It is a bit, isn't So it? they try and use the older versions, which relied less on the power. I do love the size of the hardware, and the front end that Rich Chunkson's design is absolutely brilliant. It's so clear and easy. That bit is easy to do. But it's the actual main software, I think, is the problem. It's just too old. And it's, you need yeah. many different emulators to get results out of different games, which I'm a bit, a bit miffed with. And I'm quite perplexed as to why someone hasn't ported a modern version of MAME to Pi. You think they would have done by now? I mean, you know, stripped down the bits they didn't need and optimized it. You can get almost current versions of MAME on the Pi, but they are very slow because MAME yeah. are now going for accuracy of emulation, aren't they? So yeah, but what I was a saying lot, is a lot um, more under the hood going on. What I was saying is, can they not just strip away some of those pieces we don't need that are processor intensive, maybe? And just get mm. the games running nicely in the proper resolutions, and and you know easy to change things around. So if you want to fill the screen, just you know go to a setting and change it. Because I was using Advanced Main, and normally in Main you press Tab and you get the the sort of uh, settings option. You get the video, and you can yeah. you know rotate the video around. You can make it upside down and stuff like that. And on Advanced Main you can't do that. You have got to do it with another setting in a config file. So you yeah. got oh, it's just a pain. It really is. It's because it's so different. I think. And I'm really not versed in Linux at all. So when I have to do something in Linux, it's usually rich chunks in just guiding me by the hand through it because I'm just useless at Linux. It's more me, I think, than anything else. But it's very frustrating that they don't make proper PCs in such a small form factor where you can just make them put them onto a little PCB kind of thing. Maybe you can. I don't know. I have to look into it. But it's getting there. I mean, Rich is working so hard with it and he's getting things done all the time. And I actually tried it on an arcade machine, and it looks lovely. It's really nice. It looks like a proper PCB running on it. But the problem with the one I was running it on is the monitor started squealing, a high-pitched squeal. It didn't sound good, like something was resonating on there. But the picture was absolutely dead solid. It wasn't moving around. It wasn't out of sync, but something was not quite right. And it worked on the PVM monitor I tested on, a Sony PVM, absolutely fine. And that's a 15 kilohertz monitor as well. So I'm not sure why it was doing that, but I'll try and work it out um, and maybe try it on another machine. But Rich has got it running really smoothly on a proper arcade machine. Well, I've got it running, but Rich did all the hard work. I'm just testing it for him. And it seems to work on 15 kilohertz okay. And I think Flinster is running on 15 kilohertz. He's running absolutely fine. So it might just be a monitor setting for me. I don't know. But normal PCBs work fine on it. Could be. Uh, Oh, some positive stuff now. Last Tuesday... Uh, ben Vip, my friend from Nottingham, uh, drove down to to see us, and he, my wife, my wife, and myself <laughs> went to see one of the three new League of Gentlemen episodes, which were previewed at the BFI on the big screen. Absolutely brilliant! And they had a Q and A afterwards with all four members of the league. What we weren't actually banking on was actually being treated to the first two out of the three. We were told it's only going to be one episode, but they actually showed two of the new ones, which are out. I think t- tonight, tomorrow, and next day. Can't remember. Is it tonight? Excellent. I think so. Yeah, they're one after the other, but they, they are very, very good. They will not disappoint a League of Gentlemen's fan. Brilliant. Really, really fun. So that was really good. I laughed so hard at one point, I started coughing. 
<laughs> and I was sat next to Reese Shearsmith's. Um, there were just a few seats away. His family and Steve Pemberton mm. was there behind, and all the other members. It was great seeing them like in the flesh. And they had a really good Q and A uh, session afterwards. It was really, really good. Really pleased about that. Vic was really excited because it's one of his favourite TV shows. Yeah, for our overseas listeners, it's a very dark comedy from the early 2000s. sitcom kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's some strange stuff going on. It's in a mythical town called Royston Vasey. Yeah. Uh, It's really, really dark, but hilarious. It's really good. Apparently, Royston Vasey is Chubby Brown's real name. Chubby Brown is a very rude comedian, and that is his real name, yes. And he is actually... He he makes a cameo in some of the episodes as the mayor. Yeah. And he just swears all the time. And people are just trying to rush around and try not to make him swear all the time. It's very good. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you another thing I was doing recently. Um, I can't remember what I was doing. I was doing something with the pod. I was pre writing some of this for the podcast. And I was thinking how many games I can actually loop with just one credit. I think it's because Pete Hahn completed Super Cobra. Wow. Which is yeah, a wow. really, really, really tough game. It's like Scramble. But ten times harder, I'd say. Mm, and he completed it. He did it with one credit. There's ten levels to um, Supercover, and there's only five to scramble. Yeah. And it's dead hard. And he completed it. I was thinking to myself, how many games can I actually loop with just one credit? Because a lot of games, you, you don't have to complete them completely to game over. But they would just you know, do all, say, four or five levels, and you loop back to the start at a harder level. Mm. And here's the ones I can think of. Kung Fu Master. Uh, Kicker. I can loop that. Green Beret, I can complete. Uh, Donkey Kong, because there's only four levels. Donkey Kong Jr., again, only four levels. Kangaroo, only four levels. A Scramble, I can loop that loads of times. Uh, Time Pilot, I can loop once, nearly twice. Uh, Phoenix, because there's only like four levels to Phoenix. Pleiad's the same. Uh, Rock and Rope, I think I did at the end. I can't remember if I did the fifth screen. Maybe I think, not. is there only four? I think maybe four. I four can't remember, five. four or five. Uh, Mr. Driller, I can do 500 metres and 1,000 metres quite easily every time I play it. A jump bug, because that loops around after you do it. Lunar Rescue, because you've sort of only got like five five or six guys to complete to, to rescue, and it starts again with more guys. Uh, yep. Jumping Jack, I can do that as well. I can do that nearly twice all the way through. I bet Charlie Fars is as long as your arm. It's easy to say the ones he hasn't looped. Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm. So can you, you have to think of some ones you can do for next time. I think if I there is a next the- one... <laughs> I can do all of them. I can't do Mr. Driller. I didn't really like that one. You didn't do Green Beret, did you? I, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't do Green about, Beret. How about no. Kung Fu Master? Can you do oh, that? Oh, yeah. yeah you did beat that, the guy yeah. the yellow pyjamas at the end. Oh, yeah. It's yellow gym jams. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. What else have I been up to? Working, a lot, a lot of hard work at work. It's, yes. why, do you have to, why do you have to work? I mean, I just play oh, games. It's bobbins, isn't it? It's pants working. Work is bobbins. Yeah, I've been really busy lately, but I've been making... Oh, I'll tell you what I did the other day. Uh, a little while ago, when I was at the, the London Gaming Market, I bought an Amiibo, these little Nintendo toys, which you can actually interact with the games. They've got like, a little chip in. You can interact with some games. But basically, they're, yeah. like, they're like sort of little plastic ornaments. They're nice little sort of toys. And I don't like all of them, because there's loads of them. They're quite expensive. But I bought a Mr. Game & Watch. You know, a little black and white dude from the, the old LCD games? Yeah, it usually had like two frames of animation with a great big nose, and Mr. Gamer Watch, you can actually because he's only a thin plastic thing, very like a two D thing. There's four of them you can actually put into the little base and have four different ones displayed at one time, but they don't give you enough bases to display all of them. So I actually made some aluminium bases at work. 
basically a, a sort of 10 mil thick, 50 mil diameter disc with a slot in. You just push him into. Yeah. And I'm just recent. I'm I'm spraying them black at the moment. I'm colouring them, but they're pretty good. They look really nice when they're put together. Nice, excellent. Arcade news. Do you know what Gunbird Gunbirdo has yes. been released on the Switch as a, well as two other Sikio games? That's cool, isn't it? Are you going to get it? No, I'm not that into Gunbird. No. But is, is it only cheap? Is it released quite cheaply? It's 108 pounds. It's not bad. That how much? Since uh, the PCB would be a lot dearer, wouldn't it? Actually, I don't know. I just made that up. I don't know how much it is. I don't is. think it's that expensive, actually. The PCB is quite expensive. It's £6.99 on the Nintendo eShop. I sold mine to Ross, 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 Ross. You did, didn't you? I did. Yeah. He loves it. Good game, that. Really good. I like it. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer out. things with one word now. Just no. Oh, okay. I found a good link on interwebs the anatomy of a shoot 'em up from 2010 some some blog called shmuptheory.blogspot.co.uk and it's about the anatomy of a shmup what makes a good shoot 'em up yeah i, I didn't look at that you can read it it's great kids interesting some... article but i have zero interest in bullet games now there i've said it oh you won't, won't like the next few games i'm going to pick then i <laughs> have no time for them at all except maybe guanga and Death Smiles, mm. and then only because of the beautiful art style in those games. Mm. The games just they just don't interest me. I love them. I do love them. This what he's saying is enemy bullets should always be be visible. Off screen enemies I agree with should that. not. Off screen enemies should not be able to shoot. That makes sense. Yep. All bullets should have a rico- ricochet slash splash effect when hitting something. Bullet collision should be accurate. If the player's ship has a small hitbox, make it obvious. The contrast between bullets and background should be high. Enemies should should show some sign of being hit. Everything that is destroyed should be explained. There's loads of them. There's all these, and he goes into each detail of it. If you take a decent game, because when I was reading this, I was thinking about a game like Raiden, Raiden 2. If you, if you look at Raiden and Raiden 2 and go through that list, it conforms to nearly everything. Because when the horrible tanks are trying to get you, if you scroll them off the screen, because the screen scrolls slightly to left and right as well as up and down, they don't fire at you when they're off screen. But as soon as you poke them into the screen, they'll start firing at you. Right. So it's just stuff like that, which it mm. does make sense. Perfect sense. Yes, and one, no, a couple more bits of news. We've got a new FPGA board, mm-hmm. which is about to hit the market, and it's it's got some obscure games on it, isn't it? It's yeah, I really... Game. I really admire and approve of people bringing out FPGA boards which emulate hardware rather than software. Yeah. So they're much closer to a computer emulation because they're actually running an emulation of the hardware they used to use, like the Z80 chips, the RAM, the ROM, the sound chips, all that sort of stuff. But why are they bothering this particular person? Why are they bothering with the crappy, obscure games and not doing the popular stroke hard-to-find Hard to keep running games, which is what we really do need. Come on, we want Battlezone, Tron, Star Wars, that sort of thing. You know, games that are basically always broken down. Pole Position has just been done, and it's just about to come out, which is a perfect example of what we needed. Because Pole Position boards hardly ever work. And it took him years to do that, though, innit? And the other one is um, J-Rock's Multi-Williams, because a lot of the Williams games break down a lot. Mm. Defender, Robotron, all that sort of stuff. And that works absolutely lovely. And Berserk. Berserk is another one. Because original Berserk PCB was basically... It's like a wall of PCB. It's huge. There's like five or six different boards. 
and they're very hard to diagnose when they break down. And they were made basically out of old pinball parts, so they never were going to work that long. And the, and the new FPGA board is perfect emulation. You would not tell the difference. You really mm-hmm. would. Even an expert wouldn't tell the difference. So this board, it plays some obscure Rockola games like uh, Nibbler, which obviously has got famous recently because of the documentary, Fantasy, Pioneer Balloon, Zarzon, and Vanguard. An upcoming will be Rockola Eyes, which is a really cool game. We like eyes. Uh, and it also says, into other quirky, hard-to-find titles like The Glob or Super Glob. But the thing is, The Glob, a.k.a. Super Glob, and Eyes run on Pac-Man hardware. Uh, and they're already included on the 96 and one Pac-Man, Pac-Man add-on board, which was really produced ages ago, and it's still running now. And it's a modern invention, so you know it's going to work pretty well. You, you, you basically pull out the Z80 processor on a pac-man put this daughter board on then put the processor back in yeah and it runs like 96 different versions like different mazes different speeds of pac-man and it's also got some other pac-man hardware games i think even frogger runs on it to be honest with you oh that's so there's a lot of stuff which works on it and i'm actually thinking about buying a 96 in one because i've heard brent talking about it on the broken token podcast recently because yeah. I, I have got a, a Ms. Pac-Man bootleg board. I don't think it'd work on that. So I might have to find an original Pac-Man board, which shouldn't be too difficult. But the 96 and 1, I played one years and years ago, and it's really good. And it's where I first played the Glob. And we mm-hmm. did the Glob on an early podcast. It's a real fun, quirky little game. It was way back on Podcast 5. And also Eyes is a brilliant game. We really enjoyed Eyes, didn't we? I love Eyes, yeah. Eyes is a good great game. game. This pair of nuggets reviewed that on Podcast 28. But I was also reading a game, there's a game on there called Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. And basically, you can play, this was the first time you could play two people together, collaboratively, on the same screen. Because they've always been versions where you can control, like, the red monster, Blinky, and the other person can, can control Pac-Man, and you're sort of trying to get each other. But with this one, you can play Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man together, like the modern, like deluxe version, and that Pac-Man. Uh, I think it's anniversary or tournament mode. So that'd really? be really cool. So I might have to get that. I'm just looking into that because some of the money I got for selling my Donkey Kong Junior is going to go on a Millstar board, which is the FPGA version that plays Cuba and a lot of those old titles on the same hardware. Crawl and stuff. And- Crawl and what I'm interested in, Mad Planets. Yes. So I'm going to get that, and I'm, I'm possibly going to get a Berserk multi-board, which has got Berserk, Fast and Slow Bullets, and Frenzy on it. Another FPGA yep. one we talked about a minute ago. So I'm hopefully getting those. I'm going to put them in a cab, in a little ISIS cab, and keep them in there. So I've always wanted nice. a little Berserk cab. The Berserk Cabaret, which is only one-off in America, in Australia, is a really beautiful cabinet. Yeah. But So mm. I'm going to sort of make my own little version with an ISIS cab. So yeah, I'm looking into that. Nice. Next up, we have Galloping Ghost branch out into fitness fitness and martial arts. They've been looking at this for a while, and they've finally opened a fitness and martial arts place. Fwa, 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 haya. Fwa! Yeah. I thought we reported on this age ago, and I think we did. Because mm, just opened, though. Doc Mack is, the, is really into the ninja stuff. He's a big martial artist uh, fan. And I hope he doesn't teach people how to turn into dragons and fatalities and stuff. That'd be a bit dangerous. Yeah, he's an arcade ninja. His customers would get bitten into two. That'd be just bad news. Yeah, but well done on that for Doc, into his venture, because he loves that kind of stuff. So it's obvious he was going to do that kind of thing. He's just a great businessman. He's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, he is, yeah. 
What's this? You've put Atari oh, box. Oh, yeah, the Atari box. What a load of old rubbish that is, eh? <laughs> Basically, it's not really an arcade thing, but Atari obviously were. And they're just a, a, a ghost of the original Atari, which in the 70s when it was good, really. Um, a controller picture's been released of the Atari box. And you've, you've seen the pictures of the actual Atari box with the wood grain and all that sort of stuff. It I looks like a machined... It looks like a machined version of the CX40, the original 2600 joystick. It looks quite a yeah. nice thing. It's nice to look at. But it's only got one button, like the original CX40. But for this day and age, what would you do with a game machine with one button? Yeah, you know, even arcade tricky. machines, as a standard, would have three buttons. Yeah. Because you know, Jammer standard is three buttons. I was also watching an interesting video uh, of a, just a, a fan of how Atari, in adverted brackets, haven't said anything about the developers or any games coming out for it. Uh, it does not look like at, at all so far, but you know, wild horses wouldn't drag $250 to $300 out of my wallet for it. They really wouldn't. i got a yeah. feeling it's going to be a great big scam. <laughs> well, no, Nolan Bushnell's actually involved in it a bit. They've sort of reached out to him and he's, he's doing some kind of consultancy work for him, I think. Yeah, that means nothing, does it? Yeah, yeah. So I'd be very surprised if this comes out. And even if it does, a lot of people have been speculating what it is. They've said it's got an AMD processor in it and it can stream this and stream that. But I mean... There's a lot of devices nowadays that can do the same kind of thing for a lot cheaper. It just hasn't got an Atari name on it. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting, but I think it's going to be really bad. If it had every classic Atari arcade, 5200, 7800, 2600 game in it... 8-bit. Yeah. There's a lot of of content, I believe, Atari, the company known as Atari nowadays, own. Mm. But maybe they don't. Maybe it was ported off to different... Companies. I don't know who owns the IPs, but if they could, if they could just get a machine with a reasonable processor, which wouldn't need to be huge, and it ran everything Atari ever put out, emulations of the arcade video games, the mm-hmm. twenty six hundred, the fifty two hundred, seventy eight hundred, the Lynx, you know, the Jaguar, the eight bit stuff, the sixteen bit stuff, that would be absolutely phenomenal. It'd be great having everything you want in one box, and it looks like an Atari product, that'd be really, really good. But I don't think they're going to do that. If they did, it might be worthwhile. But $300 is a lot of cash for a lot of old rope, really. Yes, old rope again. I'll give it a... Oops! And the last bit of news, Tagster is coming over to Arcade Club on the 6th of January next year. There's quite a few UK vacas and 10p scorers already confirmed to be going. So... Get yourself to Arcade Club at 6th of January 2018 for a good day's gaming. No. Why? I might have something else on that day. Like a coat? Say no more. Oh, okay. But if it doesn't go ahead, I'll try and get up. And I'll, right. I'll buy Mr. Tagster a shoe bun, a coffee shoe bun. Yes, he needs one of them, doesn't he? One last piece of news I just popped in. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone called Ethan Daniels has kill-screened Donkey Kong Remix, which is dead hard, but dead good. And wow. he got 1,247,500 points. Kill That's one it. hell of a lot of points. And that game is more difficult than Donkey Kong, in my opinion. So, yes, very well done, sir. God. Arcade pickups. Have you been buying out? Kind of. Our Walter Day cards have turned up. Mr. Walter Day has sent us a lovely... 
30 cards each. Hang on, I'm just moving the Can I just give it a... Thank you, Walter. I'll just read the message he sent to us, right? He's given us a little Twin Galaxies headed note paper. Dear Sean, thank you for all that you have done for the rest of us and being a leader in the gaming community. It doesn't say that. You're making this up. Honestly, it does. It does, honestly. Sean, that is just a piece of paper with crayon drawings on it. Warmest that regards, you've done. Warmest regards, Walter. And then yours, it says, Dear Victor, why on earth did you pick Kangaroo? Oh, no. It says, <laughs> it says, Thank you for being a great inspiration to the gaming community and for being a leader of the gaming culture. Warmest friendship, Walter. Oh, what I'll, a guy. Walter's such a nice bloke, isn't he? He is. He's great. Lovely bloke. I think your message is nicer than mine, actually. Well, you know, that's why I like him. <laughs> I've been buying a few things. Yes. Not quite arcade related, but it's going to be fun over the Christmas. I bought Ukulele on the Switch. It's just been released on the Switch. This is from the same developers that did Banjo Kazooie on the yeah, N64 it looks and similar, stuff. Similar, doesn't it? It's really cute little game. I had a quick go. I haven't really played much of it. I'm not at time, but I'm looking forward to getting into that. It's a lot of fun. Really silly awesome. fun. Uh, Namco Classics on the Switch. It was remember we talked about it a while back when it was released for thirty quid. Yeah, you said you weren't going to get that. I wasn't going to get it because it was too expensive. Half price. Is it? Yeah. Ooh. So I had to buy it. Thank you for Mister Tag for telling me about that. Sky Kid on it is there? Yes. And mm. there's some challenge modes on it. And what you do is it, it throws you in at a hard point of the game, and to see how many points you can get. So basically on the Sky Kid game, the challenge mode on that is basically the very last level. You've got to bomb the big pink airship. Oh my right. god. It's level 21, so it's the hardest level in the game. And it's like it's like Cave did the last level. <laughs> yeah. The people who've developed oh, Ketsui did the last level. And it is rock hard. I can get like 4,000 points on it. I can't even get like a fifth into the screen. It's really difficult. I'm going to plug away at that, but it is really hard. I think Gallagher is the last level as well, or a really high level. And the Rolling Thunder, which I'm not a fan of, I had a quick go of that, and the, it's the last level of that as well. And it's just it's just things flying at you all over the place. It's really difficult. Wow. There's a nice little front end to it. And the best thing you can do on it, the nice thing I thought, is when you're playing on the little screen and you take the controllers off the side of the Joy-Cons, you can actually put the screen vertical on the stand and play it vertically. So you can play Pac-Man and Gallagher and all those kind of vertical games in the proper orientation. Right. Which I really like. That's awesome. You haven't nice got to lie one. down next to your TV to play it. Mm. So that was another one. Uh, and this is all in the same night. I bought Namco Classics, Yono and the Celestial Elephants, which is a really cute little game, and Shantae on the Switch. I bought three games in one night. I got all excited because they had lots of on on, bar- on the special offer. So I blew about 40 quid on some games. Yay! So it's like an online eShop kind of thing. Yeah, they're all downloaded ones, these. And mm. ukulele as well. Ukulele was about £32, I think. I think Namco Classics was 15, Yono was 12 or 15, and so was Shantae. So Nintendo have been getting my money. Just have my money, Nintendo. Thank you very much. Yono and the Celestial Elephants is a really groovy little game. It looks like a kid's game. You control this really cutesy little elephant, and basically you've just got to go around helping people. It's the nicest game I've ever seen. Right. You sort of go around. There's one bit. I've only I've only just scraped the, the surface of it. I've only had a quick go of it. There's one bit where you see this guy, and you're sort of moving your little effer lump round. And he said, oh, I can't get my, my crops to grow. Maybe I need to water them. So you go and find a little watering 
sort of can thing, and you suck up the water with your, your trunk, and you go, and put water all over his garden, and it grows, and he gives you stuff. It's great. It's a really silly little game. Just really being nice, groovy game. Not shooting any... stuff in face. No bullets in it, then? No bullets at all. Oh, Not I even one bullet like so it. far. don't think I'll like you. That's because you're a fool. <laughs> and that is about it. I bought no arcade stuff at all. I'm trying to get rid of stuff. Yes. Hmm. Arcade Victorian insults. Oh, apparently the uh, the Victorian insulters have have gone the other way this time. They're, we're doing some. They're doing some Victorian Yuletide wassailings. Wassailings. Yes. Oh. It was Christmas Eve, Horatio. Yes, we were entirely refreshed in the drunk tank. An old fellow said to me, won't see another one bar and piffle. Then he sang a song. Nil twenty to five is a barge full of chicken gizzards. I turned my beardy fizzog away and dreamed about 1942. We ferreted on a lucky one. One hundred podcasts down. I've got a feeling this year's for arcade games and biscuits. So merry yuletide pyjamarings. I admire your chiselled fetlocks, Fotheringham. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true at the Gentleman's Club of Arcade in Berry. They've got cigars big as workhouses. They've got rivers of sherry. But the wind goes right through you. Aww. Uh, <laughs> begging your pardon, sirs. It's no place for pot-bellied old fools like holly or marmalade. When you first took my jazz hands on a cold Christmas Eve... You promised me Yorkshire was waiting for me. Yes... Listener feedback. We've not got a lot of feedback. What is wrong with our listeners? Are they too busy with Christmas and such? They're all busy Christmas shopping. Oh, idiots. Listen to the Tenpence Odd Code podcast and tell us stuff. Yes. So the first one is Kingy from RGDS. So there I was in a queue in the chemist listening to the latest episode. The anecdote of expanding plastic cabs throwing a monitor out made me burst up laughing. That's when we were talking about the uh, Duramold Williams cabs. Yeah. The assistant informed me that the methadone handouts were this morning, sir. <laughs> Garen from RGDS sent us this. Ooh. And it's a, pic- it's a picture of cupcakes, very nice cupcakes. And on top of each one is, guess what, Vic? Ooh, custard creams. Custard creams on Ooh. top of cupcakes. So you get a lovely cake and then a little biscuit afterwards. Ooh, lovely. Well, you could, if, if you got a big enough gob, you can bite through all of it. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, like a shark. Yes. A biscuit shark. Yes. Chris Mooncrest the bootleg, you should have called the last episode Kangapoo. Hey, Mr. Mooncrest the bootleg, I hope you wake up with a hornet's nest up your bottom. Ooh, that'd be quite painful, that. Benson Rad, he's put, wow, I came third from last on the kangaroo score challenge. Let's give him one of them. A, a knackered ping. <laughs> what happened with that, then? <laughs> uh, here's Jimmy. Another podcast already. You guys will be knocking them out weekly. Thanks for another. And one last bit of uh, feedback, feedback that just came in was from Sal Buglierissi. And he says, fun game, but too much going on for this 49-year-old brain. He's talking about this week's game, Outzone. Right. I think I'll leave the newer, fancier stuff for you young lads and stick to the crusty old awesome games like Kangaroo. Ooh, I still can't believe I got the best overall score last week. Woohoo! 
And he sent me his <laughs> best score on Outzone, which we'll talk about later on. Right. Thank you, Sal. Outzone is 1990. It's not a new game. Yes, it is. It's far too new for me. I'm not having it. Right. No. Okay. Right, that's the end of the little bit of feedback we've got. We, that we, was we, it. We normally I do know. loads of feedback. Come on, listeners. Not to worry. They're all shopping. Gosh darn it. <laughs> the varmints. Shout out. Right, I'm going to give a shout out. Well, actually, it's a sorry to Steve Tyke for missing his kangaroo score submission on Twitter. If if I haven't liked your tweet within a couple of days, I've probably missed it, listeners. So let me know. Old fool. I like it and then put it on my spreadsheet. You spread it on what sheets? I I missed it. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Oh, oh! Thanks to Peter K, man. For posting pictures of Henrik's Stockholm meat, the sausage fest. Yeah, we were invited, weren't we? But I, it was. We, it's just too near Christmas for me, and with work and stuff, and I didn't have the money at the time. And then yeah. I went and sold me Donkey Kong Junior. Possibly could have done, but it was too late to swap it around by then. But mm. Swedish listeners, we are going to be there in the New Year sometime. Cannot wait to go to Sweden. I really enjoyed it last time. And yeah, we need to see more of it, really. Yeah, I think we do. We need to take a few days to have a wander around. Let let. K-Man and, and Henrik show us around. Some really cool yeah. places in Sweden. Really mm. nice. Yeah, can't wait to see that. Well, they did have a lot of sausages there. There were yes. thousands of sausages. And the arcade at Henrik's place is brilliant. He's got a really cool bar there. It looked amazing. I really enjoyed watching those pictures and then videos. Really cool. Look, yeah, it looked a really good night. Another one for me. Thank yous and shout outs to the glorious and smooth fetlocked <laughs> Phil Murray. For building a Mr. Do test ROM and repairing my PCB for me. I've had that PCB for years and it's never worked properly. And he's got it going. So I think, as a thank you, and also because he fixed it, I am going to put that in a cab. I'm going to ram it in a cab on my little ISIS cab. Because it came out of one of those. And I'm going to try and get the elusive 100,000 points on Mr. Do. I never quite got to. I got 99,000 points when I was really into it. There's a lot of strategies to that game. Isn't there? We so haven't done Mr. Do, stuff. have we? we? We touched upon it when we did the 60 and 1 multi-podcast, multi-review, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, I'm not a fan, really. If I am if I do really good at it, I might go on there just so I can beat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. I had a message from my old friend and actual boss, Darren Taylor. I got a message that I was in Kingston wandering around getting some Christmas shopping on Saturday, and I had a message from him and I hadn't heard from Darren for ages because um, we worked together for years and years. We were good friends. And then he started up a business of his own and a few... Months later, I went to work for him. I was there for seven years. The only the only reason I left the engineering company Darren and Steve were running is because I moved to London. Otherwise, I'd still be there now. I loved it. Right. I really liked working for him. But he was into games, and he built his own main machine at the time. We built game machines together sort of thing. And he said, um, he sent me a saying, oh, how are you doing and stuff? And he goes, I was looking for some MAME stuff the other day, and I, I come across this 10 Pence Arcade podcast. And it was by someone called Victor Marland. Do you know anything about this? And I went, hmm, mysterious. It might be the podcast I've been doing for the past four years. Yes. And he sort of said he liked it, very professional, and all this sort of stuff. And he's hoping for a switch for Christmas. I said, funny you should say that. I've already got one now. Good they were. So cheers for Darren for listening. Thank you very much. Nice. And as usual, from both of us, I suppose, Chunks in Space, Rich Gregory, for his continued work on the, what I'm calling it, the Pi to JPAC project. But he calls it the pie jammer thingy. Pie jammer thingy. Yeah. 
So he's mm. been he's been working really hard, been rewriting stuff and doing loads of Linux code and stuff I know nothing about. But he's been fixing all sorts and getting things working, and he's doing a really good job of it. So thanks a lot again, Rich. How about have yourself a resonant ping? How about resonant, jam pie? Call it jam pie. Jam pie. Mm. Strawberry jam pie. Blueberry. Yeah, pie. That would that would when you bit into a jam pie, it would roast half your face off. Because everyone might... knows that hot jam is lava. That's how lava. <laughs> that's how lava makes. You know, volcanoes were made out of solidified jam. You reckon? Just lick one next time you're around. Have a lick. It'll be raspberry, I expect. Makes a lot of sense. Mm. Mm. Tech tips. Oh, right. Tech tips. I haven't done them. Forgot all about it. I didn't really do a tech tip, but I was rewiring one of my uh, ISIS jammer cabs the other day. And what I do is I normally... I don't like the control panels on the original ISIS because it's a joystick on the left... And it's two star point buttons. You know, the lighty up fruit machine type of buttons. Yeah. With one and two player starts. And then on the right hand side, it's usually a fire and a bomb. Because a lot of those machines were made for scramble. And I don't really like that. It's not a universal ambidextrous panel. So what I do is I make a new panel for them as soon as I get them. And I made some new panels. And what I do is I snip all the wires and put a connector in. So when you want to take the control panel off, you've got a connector rather than it being hard yeah. wired straight into jammer. So what I do is I did that and I wired one up. And I got the wires one position out on the jammer. Because on the jammer it goes, I think pin 15 is, is coin. This is how he messed it up. Pin 16 is coin and 17 is start. What a dumb cops. And then 16 is start. And then it goes up, down, left, right, button 1, 2, 3. And then I think there's mm-hmm. 2 or 3 uh, empty spaces. And then there's 2 grounds at the end of the jammer connector. And I got them out. So when I put the machine back together and put the connector in, I put a 19-in-1 test mode on so I could set test. You can see where, where, where all the switches are working up, down, left, right. They were out. Mm-hmm. So start wasn't working. So right was start. I think left was up. And it was just all over the place. I said, what have I done here? And took me like 10 minutes of scratching my head and looking at it, confused, to realise I was one out. So I had to re-undo or unsolder the, the wires on the jammer connector and just shift them over one to the, well, what I was looking at was to the left. And now it yeah. all works fine. But it was really confusing for us. I was like, what is going on? Because I got all the, the right coloured wires to the right coloured wires on the connector, but it was one position out. So make sure you count and mark up with a Sharpie where you're starting on your connector. So if you're starting from pin 16, which is start. 17. You daft it. Mark the pin so you don't get one out because it's very easy to do them out and you'll, you'll all be completely out. Won't harm anything, but... It makes it very confusing when you try and do something. Interesting playing, wouldn't it? Yeah, impossible, actually, because there was no start button, so you couldn't even start a game. Top 100 arcade games. This is your usual thing, and we're coming towards the end of the 100 games. The top 100 games, if you had infinite space and infinite money to buy infinite machines, what 100 games would you have in your arcade? And we've done loads so far. This is the bit I haven't done. I've forgotten all about it. I've put one game in, which is this week's And what have I put next to it, and I've crossed it out? I've put out zone, and you've put no. Exclamation mark. Why no? Because I'm not having it. I'm not having it in your dream fantasy arcade. I'm just going to come into your dreams and go, no! Well, if you scroll down to yours, where you've put kangaroo, look what I've put. Oh, you've put 
I'd love to see that in there. That's what you put. <laughs> no, I'm not a put no. Right, I have got a little bit of an addendum. Seeing as you haven't done any work, you lazy get. I've been very busy. I've been getting loads of audio for the Actually, top 50. Actually, have. Well done. So I've got a few, but you've got tons of them. So thank you for that. What I've got is a bit of an addendum for my last week's one. I put in, I think, a game I'd already put in there on the fifth one. So I've changed it on my last week's one to number five on the games to Hypersports. So I could have track and field mm-hmm. and hypersports next week because hypersports is a great game. I like it. Mm. But my five at this time would be Kangaroo. I am having it. No. I'm uncrossing that out. Kangaroo, because it's a beautiful <laughs> looking machine. Is it not? It does look nice. The machine See, looks nice. What you could do, right, is you could have Kangaroo in there and then just put Star Force in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Um, Super Glob. I like a little dedicated super glob because I love that game. It's just a weird little game where you basically you basically move around a little jelly monster who just mm. sticks to the scene. It's a real fun little game. And also a kind of electromechanical game, Ice Cold Beer. That's a good party game. Though, it is it? a great little game. I'm not very good at it, but I'd like to practice and get a bit better. Uh, Missile Command. I am no good at Missile Command, and I'd like to be better at it. So if I want to be Fantasy Arcade, I could practice. Tough game, that. It's very tough. I do like. I really like the cabaret machine. And if I had a bit more room and I found one cheap, I would get one just so I could have it win the, next to the asteroids because it's the same shaped machine as an asteroids, the cabaret mm-hmm. version. My friend Kevin in America, in Portland, has got one. And it's a really cool little game. He's got the multi the multi game on it as well. You can play Super Missile Command. Right. Awesome. And the last one for this week would be a Pac-Man multi with that 96-in-1 board I said about earlier. I'd have an original upright yellow Pac-Man, the full upright, with the 96 in one in it. You could have that and just four more games and you've got your top 100 there. Oh, yeah. But it'd all be Pac-Man variants, apart from Glob <laughs> and perhaps Pengo, I think, is on there as well. So that is mine. And there's how many left? 15 left to do. I've got to try and work out another 15. Yes, yeah, so I'll get some more for next time, kids. It's getting hard, isn't it, trying to get 100 games that you'd really yeah. like to have. Okay. Yeah. La la la, it's music quiz time. The music quiz has been cancelled due to completely inadequacy of Beardy co-host. Yes, it has. But what have I done? Flyer You've quiz! changed it! Changed it a bit, well Flyer, done. You're going to hate this because they're really hard. Flyer quiz. I've got the first ones on, look, this flappy paper stuff. So you can't see them. Because you'd work out what it was. Right, right then, I'm going to read out instructions from a flyer and you have to guess the game. But in the case right. where it names the game or names certain factors would make it easy to guess, I'm going to put a blank in. Okay. Good show. Right, that the first one. I've got to try and not read out what I've put, which is the header of the game. Mm. Otherwise, that'd be like you doing the music quizzes and reading out the names of them. Right. right. This first one, an eight-phase game constructed under the license of Techstar. The player uses the control stick to move the blank around the labyrinth. Completing the phases, watch out for the deadly blank, which, if they see you, launch an attack in an endeavour to destroy you. Maze. Yep. Tasmania. No, told you it was hard. Do you want it again? Go on. An eight-phase game constructed in the license of Techstar. The player uses a consultant to move the blank around the labyrinth. Completing the phases, watch out for the deadly blank, which, if they see you, they see you, launch an attack in an endeavour to destroy you. Pulsar, no. No. Should we go on to the next one? No. I don't like this. <laughs> Thought you would. Go on. The next one. New bouncing feature adds a new twist to an ever popular theme. 
Control 3D Playfield and Attract Panel in, is a real attention grabber. Optional level select feature lets player choose their challenges. Special items give blank new strengths for added game strategy. Two new ghosts with unique personalities keep blank on his toes. Snappy upbeat game music keeps players tapping their toes. Like a lot of toes in this one. Pack and pal, something like that. No. New Batman. bouncing feature. Bouncing. Bouncing. Oh, Jesus. Bouncing. Is it Mr. Bounce and the Bouncers? Yes, it's that. Third oh, one, you've oh. got zero out of two so far. Too hard of it. Go back to the music. If you have ever dreamed of a journey through blank, now is your chance. But you'll have to earn your wings. You are blank blank. The barriers of time are at your fingertips. Ease up on the eight-way joystick. Move through the blustery blanks while you race against the brilliant sky. Test your firepower. Accelerate to Mach 1. Mach 2. What do you think that one is? Sky Kid? No. It's too hard, this. <laughs> when I tell you them, you're going to freak out because they're really easy. Oh. Do you want the fourth one? Zero out of three so far. Oh, it's the first one, Eyes? Yes. Ah, right. one out of three. You not be better not be looking up stuff on the internet. Or you're in <laughs> no, trouble. Not. If you're on no, the flyer so. website, you're in trouble, son. No, don't be silly. Right, no, the fourth one. That. Final war, last battle, transcending time and space, determines the fate of our Earth. Sean, number Ooh. one, control the joystick to dodge the attacking aliens. Shoot them with laser beam. Two. Survived aliens change into more powerful aliens and then into UFOs. UFOs move more quickly and attack harshly. The warp button will save you in case of emergency. 3. When you shoot a space capsule, an enemy astronaut comes out. Capture him for bonus points. Juno first. Yes. Well, I've got one. Two. I've got two so far. Two. And the last one, smash or be stung. That's the name of Sega's video game sensation, Blank. Blank the Blank squashes snow bees and avoids being stung. And that's only the beginning. Blank Pengo. A- Pengo. Yes! I know snow bees, yeah. Yes, they, I, th- I thought I'd leave snow bees and just give you a little clue. But you couldn't get the other two. We'll go back at the end of the podcast and I'll give you one last chance. Okay. But so far, rubbish. But three out of five, that's three better than my normal score on the music quiz. That is true. Right then, I'm going to let you take the helm here because I have no interest. Featured game review. Oh, you're bad. You're bad on you. You're bad. Featured game review this week is the mighty, the awesome, the no. perfect, the completely brilliant mm. Outzone from Toa Plan 1990. The mighty Toa Plan. You have, have to, to say mighty. Mute. I might have to put my mute button on for this, so I just constantly say no. <laughs> it's an eight-way stick for movement and two buttons, fire and smart bomb. One or two player simultaneous play distributed in, in the US by Romstar and in Japan by Tecmo. Right, we've got three different stories here. They're not great. This is the no, backstory. <laughs> this is the backstory from the Romstar conversion kit flyer. Mm-hmm. Time, 21st century place remote outpost in space mission to rescue your comrades and shuttlecraft from the out zone so that doesn't make a lot of sense anyway this is the eu flyer the super space sniper becomes nobody and I, 
<laughs> the super space sniper comes. Nobody can survive. Makes perfect sense. It's just complete baloney. This this one's a bit better. This is from the Japanese version gaming trailer that someone's translated. AD 2097. At last, humans can't control repeated invasions of the Earth. As a last resort, the United Nations commissioned the strongest cyborg soldier to the legendary space, space death squad. Of course. So I think it's just a standard story. You're just shooting aliens. Yeah, in face. That's in face. Anyway, how to play. This is basically Capcom's Commando in space turned up to 10. To 10, even even 11. It's a vertical push-scrolling game where the screen moves at your speed as your character walks forward. It's a, a traditional seven-level shoot-em-up style game with sections of popcorn-style aliens, you know, one-hit killed. Uh, there's also interspersed with tougher bad guys and then a huge metallic boss at the end of each level. Did you say popcorn or cop porn? You decide, Sean. I'm not sure now. Do, do you like uniforms? I do, actually, yeah. Mm. And cops. Anyway, you have two standard weapons at your disposal. A 16-way, 16, count them, auto-fire laser cannon. Think think like Commando's bullets, even that's only 8-way. And a forward-firing three-way three way wide spread shot. These can be swatched by collecting a C from a red crate and powered up twice by collecting P symbols. You have a time limit in the form of an ever-decreasing ever energy bar at the top of the screen. Collecting an E for energy tops up that bar. It's still a one-hit death game, though. The e, the thing is like a time limit, really, not energy. You have three bombs to start with, but plenty more can be collected throughout the levels. These are useful for getting out of tight spots and weakening end-of-level bosses. Shooting red enemies right in fierce in the main levels will either produce a B symbol, giving you an extra bomb, up to ten bombs you can have, or an SP, special symbol, which, depending on colour, will give your character either speed up, extra life, 30% bigger energy gauge, a one-hit shield, a flamethrower weapon, or a rotating ball weapon. If you, if you learn to use that ball weapon well, I think it's a key to doing the game, but I'm, I'm a bit crap with it. These weapons can be swapped back by collecting a C from a crate. The SPs, the specials, are random. You can pick one up. They're always in the same places, sort of. You can pick one up, but it can be a one-up, it can be a shield, it can be anything every time you play. At the end of each level, you get a bonus of 5,000 points for every remaining bomb you have. The levels are filled with background obstacles to cope with, such as bridges to go over, cramped areas in between buildings, ledges to cross, moving platforms to ride on, and tiny pathways not to fall off of. You spend quite a bit of time falling off of stuff in this game. Yeah. Have 8 billion enemies firing at your one point-blank range... Oh, and the pathways are eight inches wide. Good luck with that, idiot game player. Reactions. You've got to, you've got to get them before they get you. <laughs> right, so that's the basic gameplay. Isn't it? It's not complicated. It's just, a, it's just a great Twitch game. Anyway, tips and secrets. No. I, yep. I use the 16-way gun about 70% of the time and only use the spread shot on certain bosses and mid-level tough guys where it's... <laughs> beneficial to do so you can kind of spray the 16 ways you advance up the screen like you did with commandos just waggle stick what, waggle like a stick. skunk spraying yeah Ugh. you can also do a quick spin to dispatch enemies behind you just spin around and you get more it plays similar to commando in that respect and also it plays to commando in the way that the play area fills up quickly with bad guys if you don't move forward you've got to keep going forward they just get you get filled filled up you're dead 
so keep going but not too recklessly the time limit can be quite strict so you don't have much time to hang around anyway okay so Farvik yeah <laughs> I can't Talking believe to... this is yeah. our very special 100th episode and you picked such a naff game well you listen to the listener comments they all love it you yeah, wait but, you yeah, wait but nobody cares what they think <laughs> talking of time limits collect all of the e symbols this is a good tip during the main parts of the levels as you may need them it's obvious really as with all toa plan shooters it is imperative that you learn the levels and attack patterns of the more nasty bad guys because they do throw a lot at you they do they do graphics and sound while it's not quite the prettiest game in a Toa Plan canon, I think Dog Yoon claims that title. That is a gorgeous game. It is still a visual treat to look at. Plenty of great eye candy and impressive bad guys. The tunes are great. The main tune is particularly memorable. It's just fantastic. I can't remember it. <laughs> Cabinet art. It was just a kit as far as I'm aware. It wasn't worth putting in a cab. Okay, lucky Marky and CPO. Nothing special, to be honest. Do you want some trivia of it because you're so into it? Not really. Okay, here we go. Go Several, chari- <laughs> Several characters from other Toa Plan games make a cameo appearance as power-ups or bonuses. Make camel toe appearances? Oh, no. Six plane squadron from Flying Shark, they fly onto the screen when you do a certain thing at the beginning of level two. No one's worked out what you do. I think it's... I think it's something to do with time. If mm. you get to a cert- if you rush through the level and get, get to a certain point in a certain time, I seem to get it then. Okay. The Truxton ship... That's another one. That that helps the player out. I think you have to bomb three times on level four, I think, to get that at the beginning. Level four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to level four. I didn't get to level no, five. I didn't. Zig01 from Zero Wing flies on the screen dragging a bunch of 5,000-point bonuses. I've seen that a couple of times, but I'm not sure how to get it. Hmm. And here's the weird one. Pipiru, Toa Plan's mascot from Zero Wing and other games, can be summoned in level one from shooting a hole in a rock. Now, this this little purple guy bounces around the screen, and if you can keep him alive to the end of that level, you get loads of points, apparently. Can you but, shoot him, or is it the baddies shooting him? Yeah, you can shoot him. He's bad. The baddies can shoot him. I don't think anyone, any of our listeners have done it, have kept him alive, I don't think, to the end of the I level. what I did see someone doing on one of our tweets is using the bomb to take the enemies out and clear the way for the little guy to survive. But mm-hmm. I think you've got to use all your bombs, and I think it's not really worthwhile. The, the bonus at the end is worthwhile doing. Yeah, you perhaps don't get a lot of points, but we don't know. Mm. You have got to check out the Romstar flyer for this game. I'll put it on the website for everyone to look at. It looks like a nine-year-old drew it. Yes, and they it spelled the word good. vertical wrong on an actual commercial flyer. Wow. Is it not a Japanese thing, though? No, it's really oh, poor. This was the ROM-style version, which is the American version. So they basically saw the Japanese artwork, did their own rendition of it with crayons, and spelled vertical wrong. <laughs> That's how much effort went into bringing this out in America. I can see why. Oh. It's... Uh, oh, Pony Cannon slash Cytron released a limited edition soundtrack album for the game. That's a good one. Do you want that for Christmas? No. Okay. No. It had Snow Brothers with it as well. Uh, they did that in 1990. And we'll put a link to an absolutely awesome 1cc from a YouTuber. Is it, is it someone we know? No, who's, it's who's not. possibly called Charlie? No, he did it twice. That's this guy 2cc'd it. Not, that's oh, not... No. Wow, that's hard work. No, it's a 1cc times 2, is it? What is it? 
Who knows? Anyway. Well, if you do it twice, yeah. Mm. So one two one credit. credit, two times, I don't know. Get on with it. One CC, two T. <sighs> one C, no, anyway. Port sequels and legacy. There was a, a, a sequel called Fix 8 where you could pick eight characters. But Why? But it was it was disappointing. It had none of the vibrant colours. It just wasn't. Yes, Soundzone was disappointing. I agree with you, Sean. <laughs> the graphics weren't as good. The gameplay wasn't as good. I've not played it a lot, to be honest. Fix eight. Can we get over this and do the scores? Yes, loads of scores because people love it, and we've had loads of people play it. Are you ready? Right. The first one is a new listener, a new player, Rory twenty to five. It might be Mister Twenty to Five, small person playing it. It is. He has played before, actually. How old is this little lad? He looks about six or seven, maybe. He got 73,000 points for Litlin. Well done, Rory. Well done, lad. You started playing the arcade games at the right point. He'll be beating me soon, you watch. Steve Monkey Chunk's back. Hiya, Steve. Hi, Steve. 85. 85, 520. First attempt, maybe my last. Oh, he doesn't like it. Yes, nice one, Steve Monkey Chunk. Boom Go Pinball, 101,070. Not my favourite. Dr. Micro has that. What? But a score nonetheless. <laughs> he likes Dr. Yeah, good lad. There's two of you then. Right, here's the good comments coming up now. Stacy King, 162,590. Stacy says, what? I hated this game, but I had to play it because you idiots maybe play it. That's what he says. No, he doesn't say that. He says, oh. much better than that freshly laid dog egg on the pavement side of your front garden's gate waiting to be walked... Wait, if you walked the road of a game, that, uh, I've said that wrong anyway, it's put Kanga Dog Poo. Oh, between that, we've got Sal, Booglerissi. He oh, got 103,190. Sorry, Sal, missed you there. I didn't miss him. Lewis Batcave, 182,660. Keep falling down holes. Great game, though. Yeah. Vincent Marmite's had a go. That was me. 184,000. Yeah. Poor man's commando in space, more like. I think I'll give this one my 184k and leave it at that. I think we should ban him. And I did exactly that. I had about four games on it, and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> Adrian, mate of Trollnads, we went to arcade club the other week. Thanks for the lift, Trollnads, by the way. 197,600. I reckon if he played this more, it'd be really good because he'd only had one game and he'd got that so he's, I reckon he's a good player but he hated it so he's never going to play it again don't blame you Adrian no he loved it Carl he Parry 201,140 Matthew Bridge 210,000 love this game wish I could do better though thank no. you Matthew Nick 73 <laughs> oh thank you to Nick 73 for his audio submission he sent me thank you Nick he got 221,710 really struggled with this then realised I'm an advanced mate and the rock hard version take it this score is worth double Mm, would allow that. Good game though, and good to be back playing. Paradise Games has put a score in, and that, that's Flintster. That's Flintster. Mr. Flintster, I didn't know that. 237,000. Squinting my way through the half res of it all on Pandora's box. Rubbish. Still mm. loving this game though. Wish I had more time to play it. Tactical Genius, 294,360. A good choice, Mr. Holly. Kind of like Commando in space with power ups. Can see myself getting into this one. Yes, well done. Ross Ross, 296,000. Excellent pick, Sean. You should be allowed to choose all the featured games. No! Yes, I think I should. Loving it so far. Music is pumping, sprites are popping, shooting everything right in face, and a big satisfying explosion. The game is worthy of being on the 100th episode. Yes, it is. Absolutely not. <laughs> Ian Cullen, 305,500. 
Damien IW, 307,000. Uh, Neil, 20 to 5. Dad of Rory, 20 to 5. 334,980. And Neil says, To balance the arcade gods, I have now played this game, albeit only a little, and I must now firmly pledge my allegiances to the Holly Camp. Yeah. This is indeed a tippity-toppity treasure of a game. Lots of variants to levels, Easter egg nuances. I like it. Yes. Neil, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Paul McCaskey, 338-300. Love this game, but need some serious practice on it. Wish I'd never sold my PCB. wonder how much they're worth now. Oh, quite a bit, actually. I mean, a lot yeah. of uh, Tower Plan Stroke Cave games are worth quite a lot of money. Rob Llewellyn, 361,450. Good score. More outzone improvements. It really hammers my Pi 3 or its graphics chip. When I get the kill zone after second boss with lasers either side, monsters slow down. He's getting a bit of slowdown on that. Yeah, there is on the actual board, there is slowdown on some of the bits, especially with simultaneous two player. Paul Cunningham. 395,100, getting better, love a good Toa playing game, starting to infuriate his book. Tronads, Mr. Tronads, 504,000, love this game. Nice. Brian Haribo, 526,390, probably my last go, but a great game, so much better than last week's. <laughs> great music also, nearly as good as Crackdown. What's Oh, cra- Crackdown's... What's Crackdown? I know it's a 360 game, I think it's a Mega Drive game, isn't it? I have Crackdown? no idea. Mr. Chris Mooncrest the Bootleg, 545,590. It's better than Kangaroo. Need to learn the colours of the super power-up things as not a fan of the super burner. No, I'm not. It's the most powerful weapon, but it's limited range. Tagster, 572,760. Great game. We'll try a few more of these. Daniel Gill, brother of Sol. Uh, 581,440. A vast improvement over Kangapoo. And almost impossible on a keyboard. Fared much better with a controller. Must invest in a stick. So he's got mm. this on a control pad. That is really good, Dan. Mark Bell, 641 at 470. Would like to play more, but realistically, that's probably it. We'll be going back sometime, though. Tough, but great game. I think I got killed most by the slowdown and then the speed up, to be honest. Mm. Sol, 649,920. Some excellent scores from the Souls. Better than Tur- Thundercade, more accessible than Commando on account of it not being bloody rock hard. It is rock hard. Fun though, and screams 90s more than Shell Suits and Stock Aiken and Waterman. I think Commando is tougher than this, I really do. No. I do. No. <laughs> right, I'm in third place. I haven't played it a lot this week, so I've been busy at work. I got this last week, this score, so I should have played it all week, and I have. It's a good so score anyway, though. Yeah, 713,530 I've got. Uh, Mark Happy Dude. Wow, he's done really well here. 998,700. Feeling the love for this game. This is now officially the most played game on my Blast City. That's a lot of plays in two weeks. What made it better was I still thought it was a week of kangaroo to go. (laughs) Cheers, Mr. Holly. Can't remember what I put for my top five games. Outzone is definitely there now. Yes. Mm. And in first place with 1.9 million... 1,963,090 1,963,090 points is Mr. Charlie Farr. If we, we've actually got to take the three lower scores to beat him. If we put me, Sol, and Mark Appidu, we beat him. Just. Put our scores together. He's put Toa Plan at the top of their game. Perfect antidote to Kangaroo. Keep that Powerball upgrade, and it makes a massive difference. I struggled with that. The guys kept shooting through my defences with it with the Powerball, the power I'm afraid. But Mr. Charlie Farr 1cc'd it. 
Just, yeah, he won CC. Actually completed the game, didn't he? And then he went on to do about 139% or whatever it is. It gives you a percentage, doesn't it? Wow. Right. Shall I summarise now and then you can talk about it? Yeah, if you want. (laughs) Right, my thoughts. I never played this game until three or four years ago, as I never saw it in UK arcades, but it's absolutely brilliant. This is how a game should be made, with class style, great graphics and sound, immediately addictive gameplay, and just the right difficulty. I love the way there is only two main weapons in the game, and one of them is auto-fire and the other isn't. That's quite different. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need. A pure and simple shooting, absolutely awesome. The only thing I'd change is to make the collision detection just a tiny bit more forgiving, as if just one pixel on your character is grazed by a bullet, you are dead. But that is the same for many Toa Plan games, I'm afraid. This is now my second favourite Toa Plan game behind Batsugan. Okay. Well, originally, I wrote in big letters, a big font on our notes, just the word no. But I, f- yeah. I feel that underwhelms what I want to get across. So, yes. I've got Michael Scott from the American version of The Office to summarise yes. it for me. Okay. You ready for this, listeners? No! 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 There you go. <laughs> so you don't like... Why do you not like it? I think Michael summed it up for me. Graphics are great. Sounds great. No. Gameplay's great. 16-bit graphics I'm not a fan of. Not a fan of music either. Music's great. No. Just too I've, I've too actually been humming the music at work. No, don't like it. The game's rock hard. I don't oh, like the way you, you do run around commando style shooting 16 ways. I prefer the three-way bullets, which is, makes it more like a sort of aeroplane shooter. Because you, know, yes. you know with a 1942 game, you only fire forwards. I prefer yeah. that. The game is just too hard. I mean, when I first got to the area in the first level, maybe, or the second level, where you, you fall through the holes in the floor, I didn't realise there were holes in the floor, and I thought, oh, my God's sake, is the game not hard enough already where you've got to tiptoe around little holy bits as well? <laughs> just no just no too busy no. far too busy for me I've come to the conclusion now there's not many 90s games I like there really right. aren't many the only one I can think of at the moment is Pac-Mania and I've got right. a feeling it might be 1989 you know I'm truly mm-hmm. an 80s kid so yeah, from I, now on I do like the newer ones as well well this basically is the last episode because of Outzone Outzone has <laughs> killed the podcast so all your <laughs> listeners I hope you feel proud of yourself I think Outzone has saved the podcast from the kangaroo debacle. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to delete every single podcast off the server because of Toe, and just leave this one so everyone knows what they've done. <laughs> Merry Christmas, listeners. Merry Christmas. Bye. Next show's game. Uh, just before we go, next show's game, we are going to pick... It's a joint pick. We've chatted about this. I've never played this. Basically, right, you forgot backup. Backup full retreat. What? We're going to have a month off. Yes. We're not going to come back for a while. We're not sure when. Sometime in January. Yes. So keep your podcast feeds open. We may come back. We might not. We're going to have two games for your listeners to to play over Christmas and through the month of January. The first one, and these these are old 80s. Classic game, Sean. Mm. The first one was... Well, both our picks, really, weren't they? It wasn't just me, it wasn't just you. I suggested that we both agreed. 
Yeah. So the first game is Elevator Action. Taito game. Uh, the ROM is just called Elevator. Yeah. Three lives. Extra lives at 10,000. And the difficulty, very easy. The easiest. Right, so that is for the first two weeks. And then in two weeks' time on Twitter, we're going to wrap up Elevator Action and announce another game. So we're on, we'll announce it on Twitter, Facebook, and the website, the next game. We'll pop it on UK VAC and some other forums as well, perhaps. Yep. And the next game, we're not going to tell you what it is. No, not but for two But it is weeks. another Stone Cold classic from the early 80s. I've not played this a lot either. So <gasps> Really good. Really good. I'll be playing both to get some practice in. Also, while we are off, we will release sometime over Christmas, or you will, Vic, the, t- the 10 pence top 50 arcade games of all time as voted for by yourselves. Yes. It's been re- it has been recorded. We're just getting all the audio submissions in now and stitching it all together. I'm going to have an epic task of editing that, and I'm not looking forward to it. That's going to be at least three hours, isn't it? I don't know, but it's quite a long one. Mm. So, yeah. And we'll release that sometime over the Christmas period for your lucky yes. listeners. Before we go, Sean, forever, yes. maybe, yes. we've got to do the quiz again, the flyer quiz. Okay. The ones you didn't get, number two and number three. Yeah. So the second one, new bouncing feature adds a new twist to an ever-popular theme. Colourful 3D playfield in a track panel is a real attention grabber. Pac-mania, is it? Yay! Yay! See, they're quite easy in. once you go. Uh, you've got... Ooh, did you get that one? Did you get number three, didn't did you? So, if you ever dreamed of a journey through blank, now is your chance. But you'll have to earn your wings. You are blank blank. The barriers of blank are at your fingertips. Easy up... Fantasy zone. No. Easy up on the eight-way joystick. Move through the blustery blanks while you race against the brilliant sky. Test your firepower... Accelerate to Mac 1, Mac 2. Firefox. No. Oh, give us a clue. Uh, Move through the blustery clouds. While you race against the brilliant sky. Clouds. Oh, it's so easy. Come on. Time pilot. Yay. Yay. I got them. You eventually got there and annoyed the listeners with your musings <laughs> and your tink thinkings and your brain strain. But you got there. And the next time we do a podcast, if we ever do one again... <laughs> I want some of those from you, Mr. Man. Yes. I'll, you I'll must you must blank out certain things that are too obvious. Like when I said clouds, I had to blank that out. Yeah. Because when you are blank, blank, time pilot. That's mm-hmm. what you said. Okay, so we will talk to listeners probably sometime in January. We'll tell you when it's all out and everything, and you can download us if we if we survive Christmas. Yeah, you've got the top 50 to look forward to, though, listeners, and yes. two games to play. So keep the faith, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> and have a great time off over the Christmas period and play some arcade games. Thanks a lot for listening. Goodbye. Thank you very much, and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>